0: And ghouls, and welcome to Quest Friends Hereafter, an improvised fiction podcast using the under the neighborhood role-playing system. I am Kyle, he him, and today my four best friends and I are gonna tell you a story about what the hell you're listening to. What this podcast even is. So before we get started on introducing all of ourselves, if you are an existing fan of Quest Friends, or you just wanna jump on to our brand new story, you can move straight on to assuming it's released already. Episode 1, An Oasis of Ghosts. However, if you're new either to us or to actual play podcasts in general, or you just want a little more information about what's going on before actually getting into the story, you want to dip your toes in a little bit, this is a great episode to listen to. What we'll be going over specifically. 1. Who are you people? 2. What's a podcast? 3. Okay, so what's a role-playing podcast, though? Four, what's the role-playing system that we use, and how does it work? Five, what is the world of Quest Friends hereafter like? Six, who are we playing? And then finally, seven, how can I listen to the first episode?
1: To listen to this
2: options again, flip, press zero. (laughs) I saw you waiting for that. I was like, what is Ari doing? Is she typing something? I was waiting for that.
0: I've been waiting for this. (laughs) I got about halfway through the list, and I thought, oh no. Oh no, numbering this list was a bad idea. <laughs>
3: That's a lot of numbers. It's a
0: lot of numbers. I was, That's
2: seven whole numbers. Because I
0: first wrote it down, like, numbers are nice. They're comfortable. <laughs> they're simple. They know it. The audience knows exactly what they're in for. And In addition, we'll have in the description timestamps for when each of these things start. So if you want to just jump straight into what our system is or what our world is, you can do that. Anyways, now that everyone's spoken, let's introduce ourselves. So that the next time we speak, people know who we are. So I've already introduced myself. I am Kyle. He, him. I am your host. And I have other roles that we will get to when they are relevant.
1: The one that compared this to a phone number is me. Hello. I am Ari. Pronouns she, her. Is that all? Is that all I say? That's
0: That's all you say. That's all you say. We'll get more into it later. They just want to know you're Ari. That's who you are. Unless we want to do like a fun fact about ourselves, we've done the fun
1: fact is that I made the phone number joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. Everyone's got to tell a fun fact now. Hope you're ready to be back at college. A phone fact. A phone fact about yourself, a fact about you and phones. No.
2: I'm Emily, and my pronouns are they, she, and my phone fact is that I sound like Hallie, but I'm not her.
3: Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he and him. A fun and or phone fact about me is I'm dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) And I work on phones in my real life. Alternatively, I have a podcast. (laughs) This is not new information for you, but I like using it as a fun fact in terrible work icebreakers. And then not explain to him what the
0: podcast is. Uh, it's probably you're probably talking about like crimes or something. That's what I hear all pod all podcasts discuss crimes. Yeah, they ask, "What do you talk
3: about?" And I'm like, "Uh, it's more like a story." My own
2: family doesn't understand it. You ever heard of D and D? It's really hard to explain it.
1: That's why we're doing it in this episode. Yes. So, Hallie, who are you?
2: Oh, I can. I I didn't go. Hi, I'm Hallie. My pronouns are she, her. And a phone fact about me is that every single time I leave my house to go drive somewhere that I've never been to before, instead of opening Google Maps, I open Google Drive <laughs> every single time. I have moved the apps far apart from each other. This has not helped. I always think I'm driving. I need to open Drive. That's what, that's what the map will take me. That's what the Google wants. It's not what the Google wants. It upsets me more and more each time.
0: All right. So you've got an idea of who we are. What's a podcast? If you are listening to us, you might have an idea of what a podcast is, or you may have just had a friend send this to you. You may have heard the trailer and said, I'm going to go on to questfriendspodcast.com. That's what the trailer told me to do. So what a podcast is, is essentially a group of people or one person, any amount of people equal to or more than one, <laughs> sitting or standing or laying and speaking into a microphone. Brilliant.
1: To me, it's like modern radio, but you get to pick what programs you want to listen to, and you don't have to go through all of those weird ads, usually, at least not for us.
0: I I actually really like that way of thinking. It's a lot like how with standard television, you turn on the TV at some time, and whatever's on the station at that time is what you're listening to. Whereas if you go onto YouTube or Netflix or Hulu or something like that, you get to watch the episodes whenever you want. Podcasts are the same idea, but with radios, where in the radio, you turn it on and it does whatever. With a podcast, you open up a specific app on your phone or our website. So if you have like an iPhone, you have Apple Podcasts, you type in the name of the thing you want to listen to, you click an episode and the episode plays. And a lot of podcasts actually are a lot like talk radio. Many of them just feature people discussing things. Earlier, I made a joke, for example, about how every podcast is people talking about crimes. And that's because one of the most popular genres of podcasts is people just sitting around talking about crimes. We don't do that here, though. We commit crimes here.
2: I was also going to say that.
0: (laughs) So what we are is we are an actual play or role-playing or fiction podcast. You know those old-fashioned radio plays? That's what this is. It is a story being told in a podcast form. So essentially, everyone else here is playing a character, one of our protagonists, one of our heroes. And then I am playing everyone else. An example for this could be, say, let's say you're listening to a version of Star Wars and you have one person playing Luke, one person playing Leia, one person playing Han, and then one person playing Chewie. Sure. And then the other person plays everything else. They describe what the Empire is doing. They play Darth Vader. They play Luke's aunt and uncle. They play the Jawas. They play C-3PO. That's why I didn't give everyone else C-3PO. I like C-3PO. I get to keep him. He is mine.
1: I already sort of played C-3PO before. He's
3: mine. Okay. I
2: claim him. I wanted (laughs) R2-D2.
3: I want to be an Elthorian. You also already sort of played... I, oh, I, did, all-
2: I did I did already kind of player duty too. Never mind, I'm satisfied.
0: So that's essentially how it works. Everyone else is called a player because they play a specific part of the role, a player or a PC, player character, and I play the game master or GM. And anyone I control is a non-player character because they're not played by a player. So for example, in the scenario we talked about, if... Ari is C-3PO, that's a PC. If Hallie is R2-D2, R2-D2 is a PC. If I play Darth Vader, because I usually play the villains, that is an NPC. And the way it works is we both speak in and out of character to describe a story. So for example, I'm actually going to put a clip in right here from our first season where Hallie's character, a PC, is trying to describe herself getting an NPC off of a sinking ship. And you hear a... Ah! <laughs> I fucking knew it. And you turn over and you hear that that sound came from the room you shared with Vaspari. I fucking knew
2: he would have just is gone back. To- in there? <gasps> what, is he in he in his room? What? Uh, all right. With as much emotion as I just had, Hop goes, Vespari?
0: And he uh, head pokes out. Oh, hello, friend. What I'm... are you doing down here? Well, I heard the ship was collapsing, so I was just gathering my things before we headed out. Oh, my God. Vespari, forget about your things. Listen, we all have to get out. Come, come with me and Sarah, okay? But I paid a lot of money on these things. What are your things? Well... There's my card deck from Key. Put them in your pocket. And my card deck from Charmander. Put that in your pocket. And my card deck from Eeg. Put that in your pocket. And my card deck from... Do you need more pockets? I have (laughs) pockets.
3: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: So what happened there is Hallie described out of character what her character Hopper does, and then speaks as him. And then I respond as the world, because this is improvised. We're coming up with it on the spot. And the only thing besides us that controls what happens is dice. Characters go around, they do things, and then if we aren't sure whether or not they succeed, if a character is trying to climb a very high wall, for example, or trying to convince someone who doesn't really want to listen to them, we roll a dice. And the higher the dice roll is, the better... Someone does. Mm. What?
2: You have something to share with the class? No. No, I do not.
0: You sure, Hallie?
2: I made I made my sound effect. That was my I made my sound effect. <laughs> A fun fact is that some people roll poorly. Well, hmm. Consistently. Hmm.
0: Wow. Dice are cursed. That's also unrelated for this, but uh <laughs> The dice favor some of us more than the others.
2: Oh man, you want to get real supernatural? Just, just, just take a look at my dice. That's all you gotta <laughs> do.
0: Anyways, there's more information to the dice rolls beyond that. If that's all you know, that we're making stuff up and high rolls are good, you'll be fine. But, if you want to know about our system, I spent a lot of time on it. Because we are playing a brand new system called Under the Neighborhood by Kyle Decker. That is, that's me. I made this. Specifically, actually, for this podcast. Under the Neighborhood is a role-playing system that's kind of a fusion between Cipher System, which is the system that we used for our previous season, our previous story, and Powered by the Apocalypse, which is a vague category of role-playing games that often share certain systems but don't have to, Essentially, if you call yourself powered by the apocalypse, you're powered by the apocalypse. The goal of any role-playing system is to create a specific kind of story. So Dungeons and Dragons, the most popular one, sets you in a fantasy world where you're going around as massive heroes, slaying monsters and conquering beasts, and almost inevitably starting a small business. Mm -hmm. What Under the Neighborhood tries to do is emulate dual-world kids' cartoons. So examples that we have for that is Amphibia, a show where a normal girl gets stuck in a world comprised entirely of frog people. We have The Owl House, the story of another teenage girl who ends up in the Boiling Isles, a weird dark fantasy realm full of bizarre creatures and magic that comes from magic sacks. Or Gravity Falls, a show about cryptids living in the woods around a small town. There are a whole bunch of other examples we could come up with. Star vs. the Forces of Evil is one. DuckTales has the adventure component, but doesn't have a dual world in it. A lot of Disney stuff. We're not a Disney show. We're independent. We're not affiliated with Disney in any way. No, we have stayed away from the long, (laughs) angry claw of the homogenous mouse. But those shows are a good reference for the kind of fun adventures we're trying to emulate. So essentially, the system is designed to tell stories about normal people going on fun adventures in a world that is split into. In Under the Neighborhood, when we roll, we roll using two six-sided dice. So those are the dice you normally have hanging around. You're going to play them for something like Monopoly. But not Monopoly. We aren't playing Monopoly here. We're playing Under the Neighborhood. You roll two six-sided dice, and how you do depends on your roll. If you roll a 1 to 6, you get a failure. Whatever happens, it's bad for you. If you roll a 7 to 9, you get a mixed success. You succeed, but at a cost, or not quite in the way you want. You know, maybe I successfully climbed this wall, but I realize I don't know how to get down, and I'm very afraid. (laughs) A 10 to a 12 is a full success. That is, unequivocally, you did great. Awesome job. Thumbs up. The only other thing I wanted to mention about the system is its big, unique thing, the slice-of-life complications. So in the shows that we talked about, almost every adventure starts with something mundane. Like, spoilers for Amphibia Season 2, there's an episode where an old frog named Hop-Hop commits a string of crimes with a theater troupe that commits crimes and then has to chase them and a giant worm But this all starts because he sees a group and is like, I've always wanted to be an actor. I'd like to act. Or there's another one from the show Gravity Falls, where the main character, Dipper Pines, is he's a 12-year-old boy, and this older, surly teen challenges him to a fight. And in an attempt to avoid this fight, Dipper brings a street fighter fighting video game character to life, and then sends this digital character to fight a teenage boy on his behalf. And that's pretty much how they all start. They start with something mundane, which then, because of the magical nature of the world, spirals into something silly and fun. And the way we do this in Under the Neighborhood is that every session starts with us sitting down and providing a boring complication for somebody else. And normally we do it for somebody's character, but since we haven't set our characters yet, let's do it for each other. Let's say we're going to do an adventure starring the five of us and I want to give a complication. So like my complication could be that Emily accidentally stepped on their glasses <laughs> and the glasses store is closed. So they're going the whole day without glasses. Glasses store, not the glasses store.
1: My complication for for Hallie is she can't. Make complication where she can't get into the car.
3: <laughs> Fucking rude.
1: Oh, oh, the thing that actually happened to me today.
2: Fucking
3: rude. Yeah, yes.
1: the thing that
2: I said, hey, this would make a great slice of life complication, <laughs> except that it's because it really happened to me. I would never have been able to make it up. For context listeners, this might all be cut. Who knows? I tried to go through a car wash today. But it wouldn't accept my card. So I tried a different card and it wouldn't accept that card. And then I tried a third card and didn't accept that card because of a network error. And because it wasn't accepting my cards, the door to go through the car wash was an opening. So I couldn't just like cancel and drive through the car wash and then leave. I had to back up through the car wash, accept... Except that was impossible because it was a curved car wash lane. I tried. I did my best, but when my car started going eh! because I couldn't, I couldn't get the curves right. They're much harder going backwards. I just drove back and tried my cards again, and they still didn't work. So then I parked my car in the car wash lane, went inside, asked the man, can I, please, uh, can you free me from the car wash lane? And he thought that the exit door wasn't opening, but then he saw what the problem was when it came outside, said, huh, that's a weird problem I have literally never seen before. When my cards wouldn't be accepted, then I had to go back in, wait for another man to buy chips and soda and then charge the car wash to the cash register, get a code, and then could I use it to go through the car wash? The entire car wash process took me 23 minutes.
1: TLDR Hallie's stuck in the car wash.
0: <laughs> so everyone would suggest a slice of life complication. After all those, we would choose which one was our favorite, which out of this group, I think we we would pick the car wash, probably. Probably. rude. And then we would take that, and that would be a core part of our story. And what we would do is then we would add our magical world on top of that and just have fun. In this case, Hallie's character got stuck in the car wash. But oh no, let's say we're playing Amphibia. The game we're playing is about a frog world. So instead of being in the car wash, Hallie's snail is stuck in the hop wash, which is the name of the their version of the car wash in the frog world. Please don't make me stuck in the hop wash. Why would you do this? And instead of being like something that spreads water, I don't know, it's like an angry stork that shoots water out of its gullet. <laughs> and then as we play on, the stork ends up eating a snail or something like that. What starts as a very mundane, very boring story, eventually turns into our heroes trying to rescue their snail car From the Hop Wash Crane.
2: Don't hurt my Kia snail. My Kia snail deserves the best, and he finally got a really good car wash today. So I would hope that my Kia- that- that-
0: (laughs) I confused myself. Cut all of that. So yeah, once we start with our slice of life complication, which one is our favorite, and we layer our fantasy world on top of it, we then do that improvised back and forth. Everyone describing what they do, I describe the world, and then we roll when we aren't sure what would happen. If someone tries something that wouldn't clearly succeed or clearly fail. That's all we're going to discuss Under the Neighborhood today. But as I said, it's a brand new system and there is a lot to it beyond just what I said. So if you're interested in Under the Neighborhood, we have links in the description of this episode. And the description is just, if you look up this episode, there should be a section with words next to it. That's the description. Almost always, it's below the episode when you look at it on your phone. If you want the full list of rules for Under the Neighborhood, which I spent a lot of time working on, you can purchase the game. We also have a free version with a lot of the rules stripped out just so you can practice playing the game, practice the core of it without getting bogged down in the details and just really playing with that slice of life complication and then improv added on top of it. And that free version, as well as the paid version, will include information about our world of Hereafter, because at long last We're finally here. If you're someone who already knew how a role-playing system worked, someone who didn't sweat the details of Under the Neighborhood, and someone who already knew what a podcast was, we finally hit it. The section full of new information for you. Quest Friends Hereafter has nothing to do with our previous season. (laughs) Our previous season was a sci-fi world. We're not that. We are in the modern day, more or less. Is it 2022 in the world of our game? Probably. But it's... Ghost 2022. Because in the world of Quest Friends Hereafter, the world has been split into the realms of the living and the dead. The way the world of Quest Friends Hereafter works is you start here. Here is the realm of the living. It's where living people live. It's where we are right now. This is our mundane world. It looks pretty much the same as our world does, but with some changes, because ghosts exist. And that would change things. I mean, ghosts might exist in this world too, but like everyone knows that ghosts. What is our We Love Ghosts chant, Hallie?
2: Remember when we did our stream where we were like, oh, thanks everyone for listening to season one. Here's season two. We love ghosts. And we bothered all of Tom's neighbors or Tom was at least worried about that.
0: Okay, fine. Here's our chant of us mentioning this during our season finale from last season. What if- what if the magic was death? What is the- what
2: if the magic- <laughs> Motherfucking
0: ghosts! It's ghost time, baby! Gross. We love ghosts!
3: We fucking love ghosts! We love ghosts! We love ghosts! We, we can't
0: be chariot this right now, it's so late at night. <laughs> so ghosts exist. But for the most part, the people living in the here are people who look like you and me. They are people who are alive. Then, when you die, you go to a place called the Hereafter. The Hereafter is filled with ghosts and ghouls and skeletons and zombies and vampires and whatever other creatures we decide to add. Essentially, if it is an undead mythological creature, it is there in the Hereafter. And that's the basic gist. So you have the Here where people who are living live, you have the Hereafter where people who are dead live. And by going to a Thereaport, which is essentially a intermortal airport, people can freely travel from one realm to the other. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kyle. So, all right, so if you die, you go from the here to the hereafter. What if you're in the hereafter and you die?
2: Yeah, we've thought about that. We have an answer, and Lucas Bang will talk about it in a future episode. Listen to find out.
0: In addition to humans who regularly go from the here to the hereafter to the afterworlds, there are creatures called necromon. And if it sounds like we just made a ghost Pokemon, that's because we did. It's Pokemon, baby, but also Yu-Gi-Oh, but also Card Captor Sakura. <laughs> Could
3: be Digimon. Digital
0: monsters. Necromon, they're cute little critters. Some of them are very ghost themed. Some of them are just... Avocados. Avocados. <laughs> a weird bird we like. There's a crayon. Any any
2: animal that we have taken a fancy to, we have somehow turned it into a necromon. It's
1: very true. Any animal. Like a book.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. The majestic
3: book in its natural habitat.
0: (laughs) And our story begins with a child trying to find her necromon to participate in the Intermortal Necromon Championship. It's like the World Cup. Plus the Olympics, but it's just one sport, and that sport is children dueling with books, birds, and avocado.
2: It's the world you've always wanted. You don't have to lie to us. (laughs) We've done the work for you, and you're welcome.
0: (laughs) So speaking of children and ghost monsters and tournaments... I I should have just stopped with children because that covered the characters. The other ones are just things. Let's talk about the characters. Who is populating our world? Who are our point of view characters? Who are you all playing?
3: I shall be playing this campaign Hilda Mishkiewicz, the guardian who pulls pranks. Hilda's pronouns are she, her. Mechanically. Hilda is all about whimsical shenanigans and protecting the rest of the party. My initial moves have a lot to do with declaring people guilty or switching it so that I can use heart, my strongest stat, instead of, say, fierce or slick. Character-wise, Hilda is, I don't want to say a protagonist because I desperately don't want that, but like... Hilda is kind of like the kid who has entered into a strange new world in one of the example shows we compared this to, with, like, some small twists. But she is suddenly involved in much bigger adventures and is trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life.
1: I play Aurelio Enrique Hueso Canaca, otherwise known as Kike, which is his nickname. He is the opportunist who adapts, So as you can probably tell by his name, Kike is going to be really heavily based on Mexico. So he is basically a Mexican skeleton because he is one of the residents of the hereafter. So, I'm going to both be leaning on the skeletony hijinks that he will be getting into, but also I'm going to be getting into a lot of, like, you know, Mexican slang and stuff when I talk as Kike. So, I'll have a lot of phrases and stuff, and occasionally speaking in Spanish because I'm from Mexico, and so I like to show that part of my culture in my character. Kike himself is an old skeletony man that just wants to live his life in peace. In the process, he gets into a lot of hijinks that he never asks for. Mm -hmm. His gimmick is that since he's the opportunist who adapts, he, he adapts to a lot of the things in the environment to get the best of the situation. I am playing Sparky Malarkey, she,
2: her, the intuition who investigates. Sparky Malarkey, contrary to what you would believe, has not hit her golden age yet. That is in the future. At some point, I'm lying. It's not. It's in the past. Uh, Sparky Malarkey was an intrepid teenage reporter with her own little squad of mystery-solving friends, a la Scooby-Doo. They were called Pickle, the private investigator's limited corporation. Is that what it was? Where's the. I made this, but I forget it every single time I say it. It doesn't even spell pickle. <laughs> Wait, Private Investigators <laughs> Corporations Limited?
0: Oh, uh, me... I know it's like P I C L something. Private Investigators Corporation Limited Enterprises.
2: Corporated Limited Enterprises. Okay, there's an E on the end that I forgot about it. So, Pickle. She was part of Pickle. Uh, she's the only thing keeping Pickle going out there alone in her van, in the junkyard. You know, she's gonna find the truth, and she's gonna spread it to the people, and it's gonna be awesome. She investigates, as her character summary implies. She's also the intuition, because she has a good intuition. Actually, her summary is very self-explanatory, so I don't know that I need to do that. Sparky Malarkey, Ace Reporter.
0: Peaked in high school.
2: No. I'm playing...
0: the... And in addition to all of our main characters, we will also have a variety of NPCs such as Lucas Bang, fighter name, the aggressive bandit, the former champion of the Intermortal Necromon Championship, Oset Scuba, the head of Scuba Corps, the organization that runs the championship, and Kike's family, but not all of them because I can't do that many voices. <laughs>
1: But just know that he has a lot of family around.
0: They're just every corner, every corner. You lift up a mat, one of Kike's family is there.
1: He has a lot of family.
0: And yeah, that is a very brief summary of what our show is, what we're doing. A quick couple of things about the next episodes coming up next week on Monday. We're going to have all about Necromon featuring James D'Amato from the One Shot Podcast Network and the author, of the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide. This session was recorded actually a long time ago, right after we finished the previous campaign, where we sat down with James and we hashed out some of the details about not only Necromon, but about the first adventure our characters are going to go on. The episode releasing after that is Episode 1, An Oasis of Ghosts. This is a double-length episode that serves as the first adventure of our characters. The way our episodes are normally going to work is that they are going to be multi-part adventures, usually two-parters, that all have a kind of episodic format. So Episode 1 "An Oasis of Ghosts is going to have a beginning, middle, and an end. Episode 2, after that, Hilda's rival, is going to be split into two parts. Episode 2-1 and Episode 2-2, that's going to tell another complete story, and then when that one is done, we'll move on to Episode 3-1 and 3-2, which will tell its own adventure.
1: It's basically similar to some of the TV shows that we are inspired to, where Mm -hmm. they are episodic, but then they also build into an overall plot eventually. But each episode or two-parter episode is a self-contained thing.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a perfect explanation. So again, next Monday, All About Necromon featuring James D'Amato. And then the week after that, on Monday, April 4th, episode one in Oasis of Ghosts, a double-length adventure. And then two weeks after that, because we have a regularly a bi-weekly schedule, episode two one, two weeks after that, 2-2, two, two, so on and so forth. You can find episodes at QuestFriendsPodcast.com or by searching QuestFriends with an exclamation point on a podcatcher of your choice. So like that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, we should be on all of them. We're also going to have listen-alongs when episodes release at Twitch.tv slash QuestFriends. So if you'd like to listen to an episode on the day it releases with other folks and then just hang out with me as I have a chill little hangout and play a game, you can check out twitch.tv questfriends at 7 p.m. Central Time on the day the episode comes out. And that's going to be every Monday that an episode comes out starting with an oasis of ghosts. Yeah, and that's pretty much that. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoy our brand new campaign with brand new characters and a brand new story. We're very excited for the ghosty times. If you wanted to find anything I discussed at all, if you want to find our Twitch page, if you want to find questfriendspodcast.com, if you want to find any of the multiple places that I have put up Under the Neighborhood for purchase, alongside the demo version, you can check the description to this episode. But other than that, thank you so much for listening, and if you're going to listen to the James episode... We will see you. You will hear us. We will interact (laughs) through the medium of you hearing us (laughs) next week. But for everyone else, whether you're going to catch us on the day it releases or you're going to listen to it right now, we will see you all on Quest Friends Hereafter, Episode 1, An Oasis of Ghosts. anyone suggest that i think i'm just gonna have hallie do her rant and move on from there if that's all right with everyone else
3: that's fine sounds good i was just going to chime in hallie's coffee pot is broken and she can't make (laughs) any coffee
1: i almost said that
3: just to you know keep the meme alive in the future viewers you'll understand that
2: i have one for kyle and it's that the grocery store only has applesauce with the sugar added Holly picked a pepper that was the spicy one instead. Oh no, I did that. I thought it was a banana pepper and it was a Hungarian wax pepper. And it hurt a lot when I ate it, thinking that it was a banana pepper.
1: Necromon,
2: which were the dead Pokemon that you talked about earlier. Or spirit
0: Pokemon. Are they dead if they originated in the world of the dead? What happens to a dead Necromon? We're not going to answer that question. I don't want to go there. They
2: don't die. I don't
0: I don't want to think about it. I'm imagining Ari like in one of those formal interviews, like, all right, uh, Miss Penalvatina, please uh, tell us what was your inspiration for uh, Kike? Well, I was uh, well. Well, thank you. Thank you, Todd. I was very inspired both to uh, reflect my Mexican culture and also to reflect my experiences as a fucking skeleton <laughs> rips off your mask <laughs> to reveal that you've been dead this whole time. The <laughs> red
3: skull pulling off the Hugo Weaving face.
0: I mean, you know,
1: existentially speaking, we are all, tec- all, we skeleton- all technically <laughs> have yeah. if Pull
3: off your face hard enough, we all have a skull waiting underneath.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What the fuck?